Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. New two out of three falls podcast here on Cruise Control. I'm joined by Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. And back by popular demand, Mr. Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. Mark, my man, how you doing? Randy, you had part of that correct. I am indeed back, but by popular demand, eh, I, I don't know about that. Uh, well, you know, like three people, Mark. Come on, three people. <laughs> so you're saying all of the listeners of, of the podcast, all, all three of them. Graham, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. All in on this podcast That's I am right. here today. But I got to say, I got to point this out before we get started. Mm-hmm. Joey Ryan and Mark Armandi making their podcast return in the same exact week. I mean, oh, wow. Joey Ryan returned with penises. I can't exactly beat that yeah, at all great. in. But I mean, still, did, yeah. did Mark get killed off here on the show a lot like Joey Ryan did? I'm being the elite. I, I sense a coincidence here. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought Mark was doing the whole Kevin Owens skit of quitting. But, you know, KO came <laughs> back within... Uh, uh, a week. No, he would have been, been back a week a after month. he left if that was the case. Mark's a goal for a whole month. This uh, got to sell this, the angle. This microphone that I'm talking into is pretty phallic looking, so maybe maybe I am a res erected <laughs> like Joey Ryan. Oh my god! I, 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 you know what, Graham? Mark sold the story better than Kevin Owens did. For, you know, if you say I quit, you can't come back the following week. Mark wasn't here the whole month of August, maybe late July. He sold the you know the storyline properly. He came back a month later. You know we, we we had to write him off TV for a little bit, but now he's back. Well, I was gonna say in that case, if he's Kevin Owens, does that make us Bobby Lashley and Jinder Mahal? Because in that case, I'm all out. That's I'm I can't deal with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you would want to be Bobby Lashley and not Jinder Mahal. <laughs> you know my hatred for gender, uh, yeah, Mark. I, of course, terrible. Randy Randy Cruz is the guru of this show. <laughs> <laughs> and we gotta keep that, the peace. That's right. With that, with that being said, uh, first of all, Mark, uh, appreciate you coming back. Graham, a new week of uh, of wrestling talk, and it's really been, you know, I I still think that Mark is pretty surprised that I watch. I did indeed watch All In. Um, I still don't actually believe it. I'm not sure yet. I, we'll see. Listen, we'll see how the way this conversation I, goes. I'm going to poke some holes into it. Okay, uh, listen, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I did not see the first match and the women's Fatal 4 match in its entirety, but everything else I did see, and I'm going to prove you wrong, that I'm going to give you some detail that, you know what, this guy really did see it. Um, you were watching the GIFs on Saturday night. Well, I mean, unless these gifts were, were 25 minutes long. Sorry, but I, I saw the whole entire match of uh, every match except the, the first one and the third one. Um, and you know what? All jokes aside, I thought it was a, it was a really good event. Uh, it, was, it was hyped up crazy on my, on my Twitter feed. You guys told me about it. And 
you know, I was, you know, back and forth. Maybe I watch it, maybe not. But I, I did get a link from you guys for free. And I say, let me just go and check it out. And I did that. I finished this morning or this afternoon. And I thought I thought it was pretty good. Uh, majority of the people I, I did not recognize. So, you know, you guys know those guys better than I do. But um, I enjoyed the Cody Rhodes match. I, I liked how... And I told Mark this off off the air, but you know certain things that I like with the whole promo of the match. I like the whole weighing stuff, you know, things like that that make make the match kind of seem more real than than, than what it really is. Um, the entrance kind of thing that they had it felt more like it was it, it was a boxing match or a UFC match where they start from the locker room and they follow you all throughout to the ring. I thought I thought that that was pretty cool. Cody Rhodes being the new NWA champion. And like like Mark said off the air, like who who would have thought to, to to have this NWA title be relevant now in 2018, and you know 30, 39 almost 40 years to to the day that that uh, Cody Rhodes' father Dusty Rhodes became NWA World Champion, pretty good match. Uh, the crowd was into it, like the whole DDP, and um, what's the guy's name, Davari, right? Yeah, Davari. Davari, yeah. yeah. So I, I like the interaction. Um, before I go really deep into it, um, Graham, I'll start with you first. What did you make of All In on Saturday? I liked it. I thought it was a good show. Um, was it the most amazing independent wrestling or just the most amazing wrestling show period? No, I mean, it wasn't supposed to be. But I mean, I think for what it was, it was a really, really fun show. There really wasn't anything bad on the show at all. People were asking me if there was anything I thought was like overtly offensive not really i know some people didn't like the joey ryan stuff which i get but Mm -hmm. we talked about it in the group chat mark brought it up that really a lot of the stuff that happened on the show was for the faithful fans of being the elite the youtube show that the young bucks and the rest of the bullet club put on right if you don't follow the show you probably had no fucking clue why there was penises out there why black machismo jay lethal's randy savage character came back um all that stuff was largely played up on the being the elite show but i thought even that stuff notwithstanding even if you didn't follow that show or follow the storylines heading into this event it was still a very fun pro wrestling show with a lot of great matches you had mentioned cody nick all this which i thought was a pleasantly surprising match. I've honestly never really seen one true great Nick Aldis match. I love the guy, but he's not the most amazing in-ring competitor of all time, so I'm glad he had a great match with Cody, which led to an awesome moment. I agree that the um, the presentation of the entire match, the new NWA World Champion being crowned in Cody, I thought was amazing. Right. Um, Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr., who I'm a huge fan of, had a great match. Easily the best match in the whole show. The Chris Jericho surprise was really, really well done. For people who had their hopes up for Punk, I don't know what to tell you. It wasn't going to happen. I think that was pretty apparent dating back a few months, right before the the, the most recent UFC fight when he kind of made it pretty obvious that he has no intentions of ever coming back to wrestling, which sucks, but that's just the way that it is. Um, yeah, the main event was a bit rushed, but it was what it was. And the women also had a great showing in that four way too. So yeah, all in all, a really, really fun show, a little long in the tooth. I didn't watch it live. I watched it after the fact the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why I was more tolerable of the length of it, but I thought it was a really, really good show. And I hope they do a, all into at some point down the road. I did like before before I get to Mark. I did like the the street fight with um uh Joey Janela, right? Something like that. 
Joey Janela, yeah. Okay, I make sure I got that right. And Hangman Page again. I, I'm not. I don't know who these two people are. Uh, are um, but I they, had, they had a really good match. Um, uh, the Jay Lethal Black Machismo. I knew him from from TNA back in the day. Uh, seeing Lanny Poffo out there it, it, it was a uh, pretty cool. Um, with that flip, 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 Gordon is pretty good. My first time seeing him, so so I I, I hope that with me dropping these dropping this knowledge that Mark is starting to believe that I really did see this, this show. Uh, Mark, are you believing me right now? Uh, we're getting there. We're, oh, get, we're getting on, a little Mark. closer. Come on, I, we'll see. We'll I'm see. Not throw... We'll see if you can if you can come up with something that that isn't easily Googleable. <laughs> On, on the internet, <laughs> is, is that a word? Googleable, really, Mark? It is, it is now, now. Oh, motherfucker. It is now. All right, I did see Joey Ryan with the whole coming up with the pink jacket and doing that whole skit with with, with Hangman, which is again, I don't know, Dick I don't know Druids. what was going on. Dick Druids. I did see that in in, in the entrance way. Hey, that's not really my cup of tea, but it it was it it, it, it was something. And then <laughs> uh, the Okada match. With um, Marty Squirrel, I, I I've heard of him, but I've never seen him wrestle. I've seen Okada before with the Omega stuff. Um, that was pretty good. The Omega match with with Pentagon Junior and then Jericho coming out. I, I I very I really enjoyed that. And the main event, I felt like it was it was kind of rushed because I heard that the Okada match went longer than what it what it was supposed to. And seeing Rey Mysterio back in in um in action was was pretty good. So. I mean, Mark, give me a break, bro. I sat there for three hours. Oh, I, I saw the Arrow dude, Stephen Mill, uh, against Christopher <laughs> Daniels. Uh, I wasn't even expecting him to be on the card. I see the, the, the Bullet Club thing in the background, and it said representing the Bullet Club, Stephen Mill. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Arrow's really on, on this on this program, and I mean, for the most part, he, he he's an actor, and he, he he wasn't that bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't that bad. But um. Come on, Mark. Get, come in some slack, man. I did see All In pretty good production-wise. Uh, what else I had here? Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I also did like, and, and, and it probably has no meaning whatsoever, but the way that the Rhodes all this match ended with the, with the roll-up that he said he said on top of him, it that finish reminded me of Brett Bulldog from SummerSlam mm. '92. And I, I have no idea whether that was planned or paying homage. But I just figured, holy shit, they did they did they did the uh, the Bret Hart Bulldog spot. Um, so I like how it ended. You got you got the legends involved with with DDP and and, and other people. So uh, for a first time, like me watching a an independent show like that, you know, uh, outside of my norm of WWE and WCW and ECW, I thought it, it was a big time cool event and. If and when they do have a part two, I'm pretty sure to be watching it, Mark. Well, I'm very glad to hear that, Randy. I, uh, well, I obviously <laughs> was, was in attendance. Uh, of course at, you were. Yeah, Sears Center. And I know, I, I, think it was a, I think it was a different perspective being there compared to watching at home. I think everyone mm. who watched at home thought it was a really good show, like Graham, like Graham said. Uh, but being there was a different, a different vibe. It was really... I'm comfortable saying that it was probably the most fun show that I've ever been to, the most fun wrestling show that I've ever been to. Now, I, I don't go to 
a ton of WWE shows. Mm-hmm. I don't go to a ton of NXT shows. I've been to a few New Japan shows. I've been to PWG, of course. Uh, but as far as like, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest wrestling. It, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest. Uh, I mean, the biggest stars. But as far as like top to bottom, I thought it was the most fun show. And I thought that they they had a really great idea of what the fans wanted to see. Mm. And they delivered all of those things that they thought the fans wanted to see, which is kind of counter to what WWE does. It feels like WWE knows what the fans want to see, and then they deliberately try to like swerve the fans or, right. or maybe even piss the fans off some of the time. And this was the opposite of that. This felt everything everything was a was a like a satisfying conclusion to all of these storylines that were built up over the last few months on being the elite and i'm not i'm not a huge being the elite fan i don't i don't watch it every week i watch it some weeks some weeks i don't watch it at all i'm more of a fan as 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 you guys know of the of the in-ring product and not necessarily the storylines so much but i do appreciate a good storyline and 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 there were good storylines you know even even something as silly as uh, joey ryan having dick druids it made sense i mean it's silly and it was fun it was funny but it made sense in the ridiculous world of of what of what that that youtube show is it made Mm -hmm. sense and and it was and it was a satisfying payoff to what fans have been watching for months and months on on being the elite and and it's really interesting because being the elite is like a 25 minute show that they put out every week and there's no wrestling on the show and yet in many ways it was as effective if not more effective in building up storylines toward all in than three hours of raw and two hours of smackdown are at building towards storylines for their big shows on wwe network uh as as far as as far as my my favorite match i actually thought that I actually felt like Okada Skrull. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my actually my uh, my preference to what the best match was. I, I have no problem uh, with with Graham saying that it was that it was Omega against Pentagon. That match was fantastic, but the storytelling in Okada Skrull I thought was so excellent, and some of the spots were so mm-hmm. clever that that I that I gave them the nod. It did go a little bit long. It probably could have ended maybe uh, five minutes earlier, maybe even seven minutes earlier, and I would have liked to have seen that main event go longer it only went 11 43 it was uh it was supposed to go apparently more than 20 minutes the main event um but they had a hard out they had to they had to get off the air on pay-per-view by 10 p.m local and they only they only got the match in within three minutes of of them going off the air so that was that was lucky otherwise it would have been really ridiculous if uh the match was still going and they were not even on the air anymore that would have sucked but uh that main event was insane and uh i've been i've seen bandito a few times uh, in PWG, and goddamn, that guy is going to be a star. You're going to be hearing that guy's name a lot in the next few years. That that ridiculous uh, moonsault, like body slamming does off the, off the top rope, is just uh, unbelievable. I and mean, that guy is so talented. Uh, he, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be very very big in, in a few years. And uh, and overall, I, I, again, I, I thought it was a, an incredible show, especially being there live. And the crowd was so hot for it. I mean. The crowd, the crowd was the best crowd I've ever seen, and they stayed consistent, and it, it didn't feel like it dragged at all being in the arena. Real quick, hey Graham, did you know that that uh, Mark told me off the air that that Mark got recognized at uh, at, at All In? So I, I, I'm thinking, do 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 me and you get a cut of that? Like we just get some props that you know now he he's going to these wrestling events and 
getting recognized. He's just, he's signing autographs. He's doing, you know, pictures and everything. So All right, let's, you, let's take it easy think, there. What do you think, Graham? <laughs> I, I, get I'm get, I got recognized because of there are a lot of fans who are MMA fans mm-hmm. and also wrestling fans. That's right. why. Let's let's take it easy over there, Randy. I I I, I mean, man, maybe you being on on the show has, has risen your stock up lately. I don't know. It rose my stock the way Nike stock <laughs> rose today. I think. Oh, Kaepernick, huh? Oh, how about that? Yeah, big time. Um, Graham, any other things you notice about All In from this weekend? Uh no, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, it really can't be understated. Uh, you know, it, it really should not be understated. Is what I was gonna say was that this show really is a turning point to show that there can be success outside of WWE. And Mark said it earlier in one of the group texts that we had that success outside of WWE is good business for WWE too. So for anyone saying that the show should have failed, like fuck all in, fuck the Bullet Club, whatever, right. which A, I don't get to begin with, and B, what's good for wrestling is good for wrestling. Like it doesn't matter if it's WWE or Ring of Honor or New Japan Impact. Like it was so fucking cool. Like again, the whole show is a lot of fun, but it was really crazy to me watching this. And I don't watch a lot. I mean, I watch a lot of wrestling, but really not a lot of New Japan. I watch enough of at least the important stuff. I don't watch any like the my new indie shows like PWG and some mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, I really just watch the main products of Ring of Honor, Impact, and WWE. But in Lucha Underground. But that being said, it was really, really cool to see a lot of these people that you would not normally see in the ring together. Like, for example, when Cody and Nick Aldis, who are not, again, the most amazing in-ring competitors of all time, people were chanting, holy shit, and this is awesome, before the bell even rang because the build was so good and then the match was equally entertaining too. Then again, when Kota Ibushi and Rey Mysterio were in the ring together, which has never, I believe has never happened before prior to All In last weekend, people were chanting, holy shit. So again, to see these two people that have never before crossed paths with Adam Page and Joey Janela, and then you have Rey Mysterio, Kota Ibushi, and then Kenny Omega and fucking Pentagon Jr. match, I think no one ever really knew they wanted until it happened on Saturday. It was really cool to see that. So, again, it's a big plus for wrestling. I'm sure they will do another show if they feel that they can. I'm sure it was a huge undertaking a huge undertaking for Cody and the Young Bucks, but mm. they made it happen, and nothing went wrong. Like, it very easily, like, the, the lights could have gone out, which I know at one point they did, but that was all staged, obviously. Right. Um, but they could have had more issues than they did. And the fact that Ring of Honor got in on this and New Japan got in on this and people were able to stream the show on Fight TV – on the Honor Club service on New Japan World, that's pretty fucking huge. That's pretty cool, too. Because uh, originally they weren't supposed to be airing this, so that's really cool that we were able to watch this on Saturday. And finally, too, I do want to say real quick that if WWE at all saw uh, saw All In as a threat, because I know there were rumors months ago that they were trying to scoop up as many All In competitors as they could, which is why mm. I'm sure, which is why part of the reason why they wanted Rey Mysterio a few months ago, which is why they signed Deanna Peraza, who was supposed to be a part of this show. Um, if WWE really saw Bullet Club and Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all these other people that were a part of this event as a threat then you would think instead of going after people like Cody in the Young Bucks, which they should do anyway, but don't fucking bring in people just to take them away from other promotions. Case in point, like there's a lot of people they sign that they don't do jack shit with, but 
you would think that if they saw these people as a threat, then they would actually put forward an effort to make their shows more bearable. Now, NXT is great. SmackDown is a lot better than Raw. Raw is fucking terrible right now. You would think that if they want to make people tune into Raw over a show like All In, then you wouldn't turn your most organically over babyface in the company heel. Like, again, we talked about that last week, Randy. I won't go into in-depth here, but the whole Braun Strowman situation and the fact that they're fucking that two guys from the Attitude Era got a bigger reaction than anything else on Raw last night on Monday night is pretty sad. Um, whereas all in, it's all current guys. I mean, I know they fucking dusted off DDP and Tommy Dreamer and put them on the show, which was cool to see. But the show is about the current crop of talent in wrestling today. Not about it wasn't all about yesteryear. It was a lot of uh, current guys. So mm. I think WWE can kind of take a page out of their book in that respect as well. I actually have a, I have a question for Randy, but first okay. I, I also want to say one last thing about All In. I, I it's also worth noting that All In was very much an American uh, an American wrestling show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a Japanese wrestling show where it was all about you know work rate. Um, you know it was it was very much it was very much a WWE style show. So it it, it obviously has a lot of appeal for the American audience. It's not right. like this. You know, a Japanese show where there's like you know three matches to end the show, and they're all 25 minutes long. It was it, it was very much storyline heavy, which very still very good matches, but very storyline heavy. And to me, they were able to come to satisfying conclusions in these matches and and with these stories that WWE for whatever reason is just unable or unwilling to do. Um, you know, as fans, I think you come away more satisfied with the conclusions of the matches and with the storylines at all in than you do seeing SummerSlam, for instance. And uh, of course there it's, it's apples and oranges in many cases, but everyone kind of left there saying, uh, being, being satisfied with, with the product and what w- was given to them instead of saying, I can't believe they, you know, they, they, they went in that direction. My question for Randy mm-hmm. is this, yeah. was there anyone on the show that maybe you weren't all that familiar with? that that stood out to you that that was as, as someone who you would like to see again so anyone specific um i'm looking at the card now i mean i i like i like okada i just don't see him all the time but i, I would say he was he 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 would be one of my favorites um so going go out on a limb by by talking about I, perhaps the greatest I, wrestler on the planet there oh, Randy. Man. oh man <laughs> Uh, yeah, that uh, that Okada guy is pretty good. Oh, yeah, cool! Okada, that's a, that's yeah, a I, I, yeah, that Okada guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, something special. Um, I told you, I, I like uh, the the Flip Gordon dude. Uh, I've never heard of him. I thought he had a pretty good match with Jay Lethal. I I, I knew Jay Lethal back from back of TNA days. I knew Cody Rhodes. I've heard of Nick Aldis. Um, I've heard of Christopher Daniels. Never really seen him wrestle. I'm trying to see who else on this. Um, obviously, I know Omega. Uh, Marty, I, I, I would say Marty Squirrel and and Flip Gordon are two people that I've heard of, and I've never seen wrestle. And now, when I finally seen them, uh, they they really surprised me. Uh, I seen Ibushi once before, so I can't count him. Obviously, I seen the Young Bucks, but I would say I would say Marty Squirrel and uh, and Flip Gordon. How about uh, how about Pentagon? Not not a Pentagon fan. Uh, the, the the Penta El, El Zero dude. Uh, he, yeah, he, he was all right. I mean, 
you know. I mean, I could do without <laughs> him, but he, he was he was okay. <laughs> he was, <laughs> I mean, I prefer him than seeing a, a bully Ray coming out there and doing whatever the hell he was doing, uh, or or somebody else. But um, I think for me, like you know, you guys know me as a big you know WWE fan and. Uh, just seeing different people who I've never heard of or, or seen Russell, I think this was a good experience for me. And, 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 and you know, I wasn't fast forwarding anything. I really sat through the whole thing and really just try to absorb everything. And um, I, like I told you, like, like I told Mark off the air, I thought it was a, it, it was a well-run show, pretty well-produced, little tidbits that I've, I wish the company now would do to make it feel more real, whether it's, you know, like I told you guys before, when, when, when Ronda Rousey came in, they should have had press conferences and weigh-ins and stuff like that that they just don't do now. But over here in All In, they did that for, for the Cody Rhodes match. Um, even had the announcers say for Nick Aldis when he's, when the, the guy said, you know, 226 days as, as NWA world champion, like little things like that, it's just so different than... than what what we normally see, um, you know, paying homage to Bulldog and Bread with that finish, um, you know, the way it was lit. Like I, I know Mark was there live, but seeing how it was lit, it 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 it, it felt like a pay per view, but it felt like a house house show as well, and it had like a little NXT kind of vibe to it. I mean, obviously with the fans, but stuff like that can go a long way with how things are produced and seen on TV. Um, compared to what we see now with the Raw and SmackDowns and the pay-per-views, so on and so forth. But I felt overall um, it was good. I'm pretty sure they'll have a part two next year. Now, now, Mark, were you just there for All In or were you there for, for the StarCast uh, stuff as well? I was I was there mostly for All In, but I, of course I had to pop my head into the StarCast to see what was going on over there. It was... Uh, it was it was crazy. It was like uh, the hotel was was probably too small for what they were trying to do, and maybe they didn't realize how many people would actually come to Starcast. Mm. I think they said it was over eight thousand people that that went to Starcast. Wow! And uh, believe it or not, some people that that I, that I met there were saying they weren't even going to All In, but they were just they were just there to to come for Starcast. So that it was it was a cool experience. Um, it was just a lot. It was a lot of people in in kind of a small place and. The, the meet and greet lines like so you walk into the hotel and the meet and greet lines which are in like a ballroom uh they start in the ballroom mm. like come all the way out into the lobby of the hotel i could only imagine if i if you were someone who just had to be staying at that hotel last weekend not knowing anything about wrestling right. and walking into the hotel and seeing 8,000 people wearing Bullet Club shirts and be going like, what the fuck did I just walk? What the hell have I gotten myself into? Like, what am I like? What am I doing here? It was yeah. it was uh, it was crazy, but it was but it was fun. I thought um, considering the kind of space that probably was not conducive to running a, an event like that. I thought it was uh, it was pretty well done. From uh, all things considered. I mean, there was like a podcast row. Yeah, there were you know, there were there were wrestlers at tables doing meet and greets, you know, the same way you'd see at any convention. Um, there were like shows I, I sat in on uh, an NWO show for a little bit mm-hmm. with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall and Xbox. That was uh, that was really cool. Um, listened to that for a bit. Uh, ran into uh, my boy Dave Meltzer and uh, Brian Alvarez. Saw my friends uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting out there. I thought I thought overall it was it was pretty solid. Um, 
from from what you were able to see, who, who do you think had uh, as far as the ballroom area with the lines? Who who do you think the longest line was for 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 fans to see? Pro- from what I saw, it probably Omega and Ibushi. Um, but uh, I know that they were sold out. Cody was sold out. Cody and Brandy were sold out. Uh, the Young Bucks were all sold out, and f- and Cody's dog Pharaoh was sold out. It was a separate meet really? and greet, a dog. and all and all proceeds from the meet and greet went to uh, an animal shelter in Chicago, uh-huh. and they raised uh, more than ten thousand dollars for the animal shelter just on the meet and greet uh, nice. tickets. Okay, you know what? Real quick, before I get to Grant, I I, I did notice I like how the the the, the females got involved. Uh, and some of these matches with uh, uh, Brandy Rose, uh, Penelope Ford. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know the names because I'm looking dead at it. But um, in a P- Penelope Ford is crazy. Yeah, like she really got all in, hands on against uh, um, um, uh, Hangman Page, and you know, uh, Brandy Rose. She got elbow dropped by Nick. All this, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what they do over here. But uh, just yeah, and the, involved, in the, in yeah. these men, like, there's intergender matches. Like w- women's wrestlers get the crap kicked out of them. Yeah. I saw. I was watching a match uh, on online a few weeks ago with uh, Joey Janela, who, by the way, is just a complete psychopath, and I mean that in the in the, in the best way possible. But good God, that guy that guy is not gonna have a very long career. He's a maniac. Uh, but. I was watching a match, uh, a barbed wire match with him and David Starr from an indie show in Boston called Beyond Wrestling. And Penelope Ford got involved in that match. She got thrown onto a barbed wire table. It was it was wow. freaking gruesome. And it's, Great it's, match, by the way. It's funny you say about, <laughs> about Janela, uh, Joe Janela, because it was at one spot where they were, um, Hangman did the power bomb on him from the steps. And I thought... Uh. Joey, like I thought, he missed the table. Like they had two tables out there, and he, I think he barely got one of them. But I was like, I was like "Oh shit!" He probably broke his neck. And every bump that they did, Joey took majority majority of the bumps. He's he's a maniac. I I saw him wrestle in L.A. inside of a bar, not no ring, just inside of a bar against Darby Allen, another complete lunatic indie wrestler and it was it was fucking scary some of the shit they were doing like scary stuff right um grant real quick i i I was telling mark before that with this event and and then you know we'll we'll wrap it up with the with this event um that i hope that this event can bring some something some sort of competition to wwe where they they don't feel like they're the you know, num- the, the so that they don't feel like they're number one in town, and there's no number two, number three. What this event could mean, where you get everybody from Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that stuff, uh, could it culminate into being a second promotion? I have no idea, but I, I, like like you said earlier, like the company needs competition, and the way they rose back in the days in the Attitude Era because they had WCW on their ass, and they. They turned the table because they, they felt like they had to they had to change. They, they had to be more creative, more younger to, to to the audience. And with this, it's like, hey, if I can't make the WWE, I could do something like this and still get you know noticed and get bookings and all that stuff. So, um, and 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 there's a whole plethora of, of other guys that we know that can still wrestle that can still be a part of this. So like now. 
I told Mark that I hope that the, the you know McMahon uh, and them can really understand like you know what they could be a threat at some point in time who you mean just other promotions in general or yeah. do you mean like Cody and the Young Bucks or who do you mean, I mean just like, anyone in general or anyone specifically I mean like this, like like this kind of event hopefully that it can bring some sort of competition to McMahon and them where they, they just don't feel like they can do they can do whatever whenever Oh, no, yeah, totally. Another thing I appreciate about the show is that it wasn't like a fuck WWE campaign. Like, it wasn't anti-WWE. True. Like, like, like uh, Mark had just said, they did sports entertainment better than fucking WWE does. Like, this was not your New Japan-style show. There was a lot of dumb stuff on the show. The Dick Druids and just a lot of dumb stuff. Like, the Black Machismo stuff, pretty silly. But again, it was entertaining. And people were actually invested for once. And there wasn't one person laughing in the back named Vince McMahon. Like, it was actually entertaining. It might not be for everyone, but I don't know. I really, really liked the show. I thought it had a little something for everyone, which I thought was great. But, yeah, you would think that, again, in theory, it should light a fire under WWE's ass to put forward their best foot every single fucking week and not, not phone it in every Monday night. With dumb shit like the Ascension calling fucking Chad Gable duck butt or whatever the hell that happened on Monday's Raw, like oh, man. I don't know. You would think that they would put forward a best their best effort imaginable every single week with their shows, and not just try to like make themselves better and not try to make other companies worse. And by that I mean like in WWE's mind that yeah they see these other companies they're all competition. Impact is competition. Ring of Honor is competition. New Japan's definitely competition. UFC is competition. Everyone is competition in WWE. Um, but what they try to do is take talent from other companies so they can't have them. Not that they're going to do anything with them. I mean, sometimes they do. I mean, obviously, they made big stars out of AJ Styles and a few others. But sometimes they'll sign people just for the fucking sake of signing people. And then they do nothing with them just despite that other company by taking that talent away from them. Um, so, yeah, I would hope that this does create more competition and all ended really, really well. I have no idea how well it did on pay-per-view, but the fact that it was broadcast at all on traditional pay-per-view, in addition to the Ring of Honor and New Japan platforms and also on Fight TV, that's huge. Now, the independent scene is hotter now than it's ever been, but you don't see CZW or... PWG doing pay-per-views on traditional pay-per-view every right. single month or whatever. This was a one-time event. I'm not saying they're doing it every week, um, but it is pretty crazy that, you know, to consider what they're doing here, that All In was able to be as big of a success as it was with 11,000 people. Hopefully it's just bigger and better from here. And it is competition also when you consider not just this event, but the MSG show that we're getting over WrestleMania weekend next year. Like that's, again, that's pretty huge. Right. No other wrestling company has run MSG in the last 50, 60 years. And new Japan and ring of honor sold it out in like 10 minutes or something crazy like that. Like that's again, pretty insane. So it's a different age now that if you're not WWE, you won't be successful. That's not the case anymore. And again, it's not, take down the you got to take down the man you got to take down wwe like it's not about being anti-wwe right it's just about supporting all wrestling which i'm glad people are starting to see 
Um, I mean, the, the WWE product is not white hot right now, but it's it could be a lot worse. But it is great to see that if you're not enjoying Raw, if you're not enjoying SmackDown or whatever they're putting out at the moment, um, that you can go watch a show like All In or a Best in the World Ring of Honor pay-per-view or a New Japan show or a whatever, um, just because there are more alternatives now to wrestling to WWE than there, is, than there has ever been before, which is so great to say. So hopefully there is a sense of competition coming out of all in last weekend. So I, it's I, also, it's also really great for uh, just the, the actual wrestlers because it gives them, uh, it gives them another option as well. True. Like they don't have to just languish in WWE not being, you know, misused or underused or not used at all. Right. They have they have an out now they know they have another outlet they can go somewhere else and and look at what Cody has done and he's he's uh, a, a million times more relevant than he was in 2016 with WWE two years later I mean he's completely reshaped his entire career and his entire legacy and, and there are guys like that in in WWE uh, who who could benefit possibly from leaving I, I think uh, I think Dave Meltzer had mentioned Chad Gable as someone who would benefit from an indie run and then and you know make make uh make his name much much bigger and and be and be utilized correctly it's really betting on yourself when you do that and and cody did that and it's been ridiculously ridiculously successful and guess what the next guy might be neville it, it might it might mm. be neville he might be the next guy to show up at mm. an all-in two or on the next new japan card who knows apparently he's he's free to go wherever he wants so it should be very interesting to see where one of the best wrestlers in the world uh, ends up soon. Right. So, so Grant, I assume that you were a fan of the, the, the Lashley gender sitting on a rug segment on Raw. <laughs> oh god it's like who wrote that shit i don't want to do oh i don't want to dwell god. too much on the negative but uh, yeah. the show this week was not awful but it was just really really weird again who comes up with this garbage bobby lashley and jinder mahal having a fucking anger management session before kevin owens comes back a week after quitting it's yeah, like it's there are so many things wrong with that one sentence right there that sums up why people do not give a shit about wwe right now specifically raw it's like, good God, the fucking mm. the, the shit they come up with like this. It's like, again, I love Bobby Lashley, but for everyone that poops on Impact, like Bobby Lashley was much better off in TNA. Maybe he's making more money now. I have no doubt about that. But it's like the way they handled him versus the way that he's been handled since he came back to WWE. Again, it's right. like night and day. Why fucking bring in Bobby Lashley if you have no plans for I him whatsoever other than the feud with Jinder Mahal, Sami Zayn, and fucking Elias, like, what a waste. What an absolute waste. That's what they do. They bring in people just because they want to take them away from other companies that could see them as stars. Yeah. And then they do nothing with them. And Bobby Lashley is a prime example of that right now, unfortunately. Hey, I mean, at least we got our truth made eventing SmackDown now. That wasn't awful, I'm going to say. that. I thought that'd be a lot worse than what it was, but they made it entertaining, and at least it was... It served a purpose in furthering the feud between Daniel Bryan and the Miz. I don't care about our truth, but what I just saw on SmackDown an hour ago was mm. not anything remotely as offensive as I saw on Raw this week. Right, um, Mark. Since we since we've been saying the word competition for the last half hour, uh, I, I I usually get uh, Graham's response that is for the last two years. So, Mark, uh, today anniversary for Monday Nitro airing on TNT 
23 years ago today. So that puts me and you at, at, at a very young age. Young, oh, God. Let's not even go into that. I know. Oh I know. God. I know. 23 it, I know years it was your ago. birthday I, I mean, I recently. I remember watching that first show. Yeah. I know it was your birthday recently. You, you know, you're getting up there in age. You don't want to talk about it. I respect it. But um, <laughs> me and you are the same age. September 4th, 95, Nitro debut. But I bring it up because, real quick, one, I, I just want to get your thoughts on nitro debuting and what you thought of it for back in the day and now like do you kind of i wouldn't say miss it like miss nitro itself but well then kind of like do you miss it because now all you have right now on monday and tuesday nights on raw smackdown do you kind of wish wcw was still around so that you can say you know what if i see it like a gender and bobby lashley yeah i can flip the channel and watch something else Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely miss an alternative. I mean, I'm I I, I like watching New Japan. I, I I like I like the stuff that's different than than WWE, and I like the option. I like the option to to change the channel and watch something else, or pop open New Japan World, or pop open uh, you know something else, and and, and watch whatever else is going on. I, I definitely miss that. I definitely miss that number two competition. Uh, and I don't think there's anything close to that right now. Although this is this is a, I mean we're in we're in a good spot with the with the the Bullet Club and New Japan and Ring of Honor. But they need all of their resources kind of pulled. Not all their resources pulled together, but they need everyone to kind of work together mm-hmm. to even come close to uh, being a number two against WWE. I mean there was there was someone at All In from every one of like the major. Uh, secondary promotions there was there was uh ring of honor represented there was new japan represented there was the nwa there was uh, lucha underground there was impact there was there was mexican wrestling so i mean they needed all of that to to even run a run a major show so there's nothing on the horizon that's anything like what wcw was and wcw wasn't even always number two they were number one for for a period, true. So they yeah. they were good enough to, to be that, and uh, and just I mean the the one thing that I remember about Nitro and about about uh, where where that period of time was was just that element of we don't know what's going to happen next. What you know who who's going to show up? What surprises are in store? Just that that was always a fun thing to watch. As uh, I guess I was I guess I was eleven when uh, when Nitro premiered, which is cr- mm. crazy. Um, and just that feeling of of the unknown, like like uh, anything could happen, and 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 people popped up that you weren't expecting, and this was kind of before the the internet a little bit too, so there was maybe less uh, knowledge of what was going on, which which can add to it. I mean, I I like the internet and I like reading all the stuff that ha- that happens, but there was a time where uh, when 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 Nitro started, where you just re- you really had no idea, and you, and you were you were watching both shows, flipping back and forth. Yeah. It was a, it was a very good time to be a wrestling fan, and I and I would say that when Nitro's on the air, that was probably the best time to be a wrestling fan, and now is probably the second best time to be a wrestling fan because there are more options opening up, and it seems like there are more more alternatives now. But it was it was great it was a great time when when WWF and WCW were going head to head. Oh yeah, definitely. So like you know when you mentioned you know you you were a fan who. Who loved the unexpected, like you know, like was was Glacier's debut something like that? 
Well, like Lex Luger showing up, right? I mean, I don't know if that was the first. I don't know if that was the first Nitro, but he showed up very early on. No one, you know, people didn't expect him to show up. He was he was coming off a you know a pretty big run in, in WWF at the time, so that was something that was, uh, you know, that was new and fresh and and nothing. I mean, of course, not everything clicked for WCW, and, and not, not everything clicked in WWF, but it was uh, it was cool having uh, having that option, and I, I was always a fan. I mean. Even go even going back to my younger days, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mark now for for the in ring product. Mm. But the the the, w, the w the Nitro debut had Jushin Liger, who is still wrestling for New yeah. Japan now. Yeah, against against Brian Pillman, and I was a big fan of of like the of the smaller guys back then, especially like the Ray Juniors and the Psychosis and and you know the 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 Luchadors. Like I was a big fan of that uh, product as well. So even going back to when I was a, a kid. I was I was probably more of a fan of the of the in ring wrestling than I was the, the storylines. Although again, I always acknowledge that a good storyline is always uh, very important as well. Bro, I, I I only mentioned Glacier because I seen him on the Wikipedia page and I had no idea he accompanied Cody Rhodes to the ring at All In. I'm like, oh, he did, wow. he did, he was there. He's I, been I he's that. been like doing he's been doing indie wrestling lately, Glacier. Okay, yeah, I said Brandy Rose, DDP, Glacier, like Glacier, and the Tommy Dreamer. Um, real quick, I start with Graham. Graham, do you, do you have a favorite Nitro moment? Favorite Nitro moment? A moment, a uh, match, a, a something, a, a promo, something that, that when when I mentioned Nitro, you're like, you know what? The first thing that comes to mind when you mention Nitro is Goldberg beating Hogan for the belt. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, that would probably have to be it um, from That's you know there, some yeah. odd years ago on Nitro when he won him for the when he beat Hogan for the World Championships. That would probably be it, to be honest with you. I'm sure there's other ones, but that's the first one that comes to my head. All right, Mark. You know, you know what was cool about Nitro, I mean, and maybe this is just the nostalgia and, and being a kid, but. I liked how there was like a different aesthetic a lot of times than than Raw had. Like they would do the show in like the Mall of America. Like uh, they would do the show like uh, what was that one venue where there was like a pool, like uh, uh, like day, like, yeah, like around like beach? around the ring or close to the ring. Like, they would do it in like these weird venues that like like WWF was not doing. WWF was yeah. doing like like traditional you know arenas and and Nitro every once in a while would kind of spice it up and do like some weird. You know, weird ass uh, venue. I think I like I like that about I like that about Nitro. It's just a different different vibe. Yeah, I think I think that was uh, Daytona Beach. They, they had a hotel out there and everything. Were you a fan of Bischoff giving the the results of, of Raw three minutes before they went on the air? No, I, I was not a fan <laughs> of that. That that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty dirty. Uh, I mean, hey, they would tape. You discuss competition. You 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 change the viewers' minds. Like, hey, you know what? If, if I know Sean's gonna beat Sid for the intimate event, I'm gonna watch something live that I don't know. And you know what? That goes to your whole. Ultimately, point. that backfired on, on them, yeah, though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. With the whole mankind stuff, but I think yeah. that the whole unpredictability aspect of Nitro is what the main reason why I would watch it. Um, you had you had fucking Dennis Rodman, NBA champion, come out there with the NWO, and he just played Game Six of the Finals like the week prior, and it's like oh shit, like okay, and, and Karl Malone and all these other acts. Um, you know, Jay Leno was there, and, and this is probably near 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 the downfall of the company, but. Like you said, every week it was something brand new with the whole NWO uh, angle 
um, Scott Hall coming down the ramp and saying whatever he said back in that day. And I just think that I I do kind of miss it because it made me it made me and you as young fans flip the channel where I can go back and forth and see what's the main event if there's a title change who's the newest member of the nwo when they had like 84 members uh you know what's going on with dx who's coming back so at that time you you had a a a choice i can watch it i can watch that now it's like yeah you can watch ring of honor new japan but it's not as it's not going on at the same time in a ratings war and i think that's the whole point of why why i miss it because you don't have that right now, but um, I think it's cool. What was cool? What was cool too? Sorry to interrupt. Was also okay. the unknown about well, could, could this guy pop up on Nitro or could yeah. this guy pop up on Raw? True. You don't have that now. You know, what oh. I mean, that doesn't really exist. I mean, it, it happens very sparingly once in a while when someone comes from New Japan to WWE or or I mean, sometimes vice versa. But that was like a bit that was a big deal like you know when someone would show up on nitro from the guy was on raw like last week and holy shit he's on in ww now that was that was that was really cool yeah and plus i i think that the 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 difference was is um damn i lost my point mark damn you man (laughs) i had a nice point oh man what were you saying just now I, i probably i probably refresh it real quick i was just saying like the like the free the free agency in that period was really cool because guys changed guys changed oh, companies and it. Okay. and it, it added like uh, I mean it, it was like a different element where you don't have that now where everyone's kind of in WWE and, and that's pretty much it right there you go so I, I think the difference between now and back then is the fact that back then uh, yeah you had a few dirt sheets and a few websites but like I didn't know X-Pac was coming back on that Raw I didn't know this guy was going to pop up now you get one little inclination or like let's say Batista wants to come back. Oh, Batista wants an in-ring return and you kind of know it two, three months in advance so when he finally pops out, it, 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 it's not brand new. It's, it's not like a holy shit moment. Like, oh shit, Batista came out and returned. Back then, you had you, you really had no idea who's going to pop out at, at on Raw or Nitro. Now it's like you kind of know ahead of time and you don't get that same holy shit feeling. It's definitely not not the same as it was. Nah, um, Graham. To your point earlier, I'm, I'm gonna because nothing really happened on Raw and SmackDown that I'm gonna talk about. That's not really why I'm really here. But the only thing, oh yeah, new tag champions. Okay, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. That's cool. Uh, KO quit for a week and he came back. Great. Um, <laughs> Nitro debut. We got all in. We got. Um, you mentioned the fact that now now you have two legends in the ring cutting a promo that sound better than 99% of the roster and and, and that's sad but uh, the the whole Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Triple H stuff, or more so Taker and Shawn Michaels on Monday uh, I thought it was a very good promo I, I mean Shawn Michaels was in the beginning was kind of like whatever in the beginning, he wasn't really himself he was, you know mumbling his words or whatever he, he was crazy but i feel like once he got his bearings together he cut a really decent promo and ticker came out and at the end it's like you know the whole storytelling of the match between taker and triple h coming up at super showdown you know testing sean about you know 
you retired out of respect for me, but is it because of respect or fear? And Sean saying, well, I was surprised. He said, I, I, I've been offered, and uh, we know this, but him saying publicly that I, I've been offered millions of dollars to come back. And every time I come out here, they say one more match. It could have been with God knows anybody, Danny Bryan, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, um, again, Undertaker, and him saying that publicly and, and being that, that, you know, meaning it, it's like it kind of gave the fans, and now you see on Twitter, hey, you know, what does that mean? There's a door open for Shawn Michaels, and if he comes back, you, you, you might as well have him come back for one more match against The Undertaker, and now it's like Taker and Hunter is cool now at Super Showdown, but now in the background, there might be a Taker, Shawn Michaels. I have no idea. People are talking about it. Grant, what did you make of the whole promo between Taker and, and Shawn? And did it leave the door open where people start having a conversation that Sean might come back? And if he does for one more match, it'll be against The Undertaker. It definitely did. I think it was designed to not only get people talking, which is what they need to do right now with Rock, is nothing coming out of the show really, you know, entices people to get excited about whatever they're going to be doing going forward. The Shawn Michaels stuff definitely will get people talking. What scares me about this is that there is an actual chance that he could come back to wrestle. Now, I don't hate Shawn Michaels. It would be cool to see him wrestle again. It's not necessary. For all the people that shit on ECW for the countless revivals of that fucking brand that they do, not only WWE, but just in general, how many ECW reunions have we seen in the last 15 years? For the same people who complain about that, as they should, should be complaining about the number of times that we see Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, and Triple H in the same feud segments and matches over the last five, six years. It's nauseating. Like It's time to move on. As, as good of a job as they have done in building up the latest encounter, for real this time, the last real match between Triple H and Undertaker, at least for right now, they, as good of a job as they have done in building that bout up, I could not care less, to be honest with you. Because we learned with the greatest Royal Rumble that shows like this, that the Super Showdown show coming up, means absolutely nothing. They keep announcing all these big matches, which is cool. It's a glorified house show. So for anyone expecting like WrestleMania-level results, is going to be sorely disappointed. The greatest Royal Rumble show largely sucked. Maybe this show will be better, but... With nothing on the line, and we talked about it before, Randy, a week or two ago, that with nothing on the line, and it's not like, oh, the loser retires forever. Like, there's not, there's nothing going on here. There's no disqualification. Not even that would make me care any more about the feud than I currently do. It's not like if Triple H loses, he's done, or if Taker loses, he's done. That's what should have happened six years ago. They didn't do it then. They won't do it now. With the Shawn Michaels thing, I know there were rumors a few months ago that um, that he could be wrestling again. I think if the money was right that he said. I think what brought up the rumors in the first place was something that Michael said in an interview, which was something along the lines of, um, I would wrestle another match, which was a far cry from what he used to say in interviews years ago. But mm. he's now saying that he would wrestle another match, but he doesn't want people to get their hopes up too high because it wouldn't be like a classic Shawn Michaels match, which I completely agree with. For anyone expecting like a five-star Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles match, are going to be sorely disappointed. I'm sure the guy could still go, but not at the level that he could have gone eight years ago. 
Um, and I think he even said that if I was to wrestle again, it would be in like a DX reunion match. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, if it's not Shawn Michaels versus a new star or something, mm-hmm. then I don't give a shit. Let alone Shawn Michaels and Undertaker part 70. I know their last two <laughs> matches were amazing, but that was eight years ago. They're both eight years older. Taker has looked like shit for the past two years. The only reason that John Cena match was any semblance of bearable was because it was two minutes long. Um, so I'm sure him and Triple H won't be much better. But keep Shawn Michaels retired. I love their segment on Raw this week. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was the highlight of the night. But like I said, it's really an indictment on the product that two guys that have not been relevant in close to a decade are the highlight of Raw. It is pretty fucking sad. So, again, I, I thought it was good. But I'm not excited for what it means for the immediate future. Yeah, but Graham, who, who, whose fault is that? Before I get to Mark, who, whose fault is that that you get these legends coming back and they cut a, a, a great promo and the guys nowadays, you're, you're, you're not getting that, that kind of confrontation. You're not doing that with, with Reigns and Rollins and Finn Balor and Brock. You're not, you're not getting that. So is it, is it on the talent? Is it on the writing? Or who is it? Who do you blame for that? Oh, absolutely, on WWE. I don't blame the talent at all. You have people. I'm, I've been. I've said this before. The talent now, the talent that we have in this roster is as good as it has ever been. I know we don't have people like the Rock and Stone Cold, but overall, we have a better roster than this company has ever had in their entire existence. But they just fail to use them properly, and no one comes across like a star. Because at any one point where anyone comes close. To being the guy, they fucking pull the rug right from underneath them. Look no further than Braun Strowman. It's like everyone can only be at a certain level. And it's what's so fucking frustrating about this company is that they can never push people to be at that level. People are going stone cold levels of crazy for Braun at one point. No joke. Yeah. Or at least as crazy as they could be in the current modern age of WWE. And they've ruined that by turning him heel. So, again, is that Braun's fault? Obviously not. Mm-hmm. They're going to make the most of whatever they're given, but they can only go so far. They only they are only going to go as far as the company wants them to go. And when they put more effort into building up Triple H and Undertaker than they do Braun and Roman or practically any other feud on the roster, again, that's on WWE. Mark, what's your take on this whole Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker promo stuff and – do you want to see Sean and Taker go at it one more time? I thought it was a great segment, uh, probably the best segment on Raw. But it got me more excited for a Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match than it did get me excited for Triple H versus The Undertaker. Maybe maybe that's just me, but it seemed to build much better toward HBK versus Taker than, than Taker versus Triple H. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I'm kind of in in the Graham uh, pool where I don't I don't necessarily want to see Shawn Michaels wrestle again. I think that he doesn't need to do it. I don't think it's necessary. And if I if he were to wrestle again, I don't want to see him wrestle the Undertaker. I would like to see him put over one of the actual active wrestlers. Don't don't waste a WrestleMania match on two guys who are over the hill like put someone over what's the point otherwise but uh it was a great segment and uh it just it just got me 
it got me more excited for an HBK Undertaker match. And even though it got me excited for it, I know that <laughs> I know that in a practical sense, in practice, it's not it wouldn't be any good uh, at this juncture. But Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles, well, yeah, like Graham said, not going to be a five star classic, but there there's some there's some redeeming value in that if we're going to see Shawn Michaels come back. So I would not like to see him come back. But if he were to come back at a WrestleMania, I prefer to see him face a AJ Styles or a Daniel Bryan, someone someone like that. So so a Shawn Taker would be better or won't be better than Taker Cena from this past WrestleMania. Oh, it would be way it would be far worse than Taker Cena. Really? Cuz it'll go cuz it'll probably go longer. It'll oh. have to go longer. And Cena is still an active uh, worker who can put who can put on good matches. Shawn Michaels is uh, is real old and hasn't wrestled in, in a decade, and uh, Taker is just is just shot physically. I mean, I wouldn't say a decade. It's been eight years. Come on, Mark. Almost a decade. <laughs> so 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 we're not getting the showstopper, the headliner, the main event. <laughs> we're not getting that Shawn Michaels. No, we're getting the stopping because he's tired uh Shawn michaels because he's an old man now and i'm and i'm and i'm a huge Shawn michaels fan but i i don't i don't uh i don't really care to see him back i think i'd like to remember Shawn michaels as that guy not as the guy who came back in 2019 and wrestled a mediocre match uh who who very who, who looked very much his age against whoever and uh and his his promo skills have deteriorated too man like I don't know what it is, uh, but he's just not. It's just very clunky, and I don't know if it's like. And the same, the same goes for Kurt Angle. I don't know if it's like. I hate to say that it could be like CTE, but those guys did take a beating back in the day, and I would not be surprised if they if they have a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it's you know nowadays it's more scripted. It's more like yeah, you know, bullet point, you know, one two three A B C say to say that. Back in the day, they just had a couple things in their head, and they can just go out there and cut a promo. Maybe it's you know a little more, you know. Yeah, I did. I did feel like when Shawn Michaels got going, and I think a lot yeah. of what he was saying was actually coming from the heart about about not coming out of retirement, even though everyone is asking him to do that. Uh, about him getting offered every year for WrestleMania because we know, we know that's been happening and when we know that they're obviously offering a lot of money. So, uh, I think when he was actually speaking truth and speaking from the heart, it was smooth, but yeah, when, uh, the early on, it was a little bit, a little bit rough. Yeah. Because he was, he was, he was promoting the network. He said super showdown like three times and you know, last time ever. So he, I think he had to get those bullet points out. And then once he Stop doing all that. He was able to be comfortable and just kind of go with the flow and say what he really want to say. Because I mean, Shawn Michaels, I want to say he's the best promo guy ever. But I know when he wants to cut a, a fucking great promo, he's gonna do it. And I think having Taker, you know, coming down and uh, going side by side with him with his promo, I think uh, it made it made great television and it, it left fans. You know, we're, we're not gonna see Shawn Michaels next week, but it left you thinking like, you know what, maybe. You know, it's September now. WrestleMania, I think, is in March or either March or April. So that gives Shawn Michaels time to get in shape. And, you know, if he, if he's really going to do this, he's going to need more than two weeks 
to 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 get it done and maybe it, maybe it'll turn into hey I, if i come back and do this match and if i beat you you gotta retire that's the only way i think it'll it'll play up because you're not gonna have him uh retire for eight years come back and then beat undertaker and taker comes back at the following following wrestlemania it, it gotta be some sort of some sort of stipulation for taker as well I just don't want to see time at WrestleMania wasted on two old guys when they're when when no younger active roster member is getting put over. Right. That's just that's just my preference. Oh no, I get it. Um, before I uh, before I wrap it up, uh, I'm not missing anything else from SmackDown or, or Raw, right, right, fellas? Oh no, no, you're not. Oh no, I'm not. Um, so yeah, the, this faction list came out. I think it was done on purpose to get people riled up, and I think it did a pretty good fucking job of doing that. Putting the Shield the number one all time, and um, I mean, I I I I, I put the, the 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 picture in the um in the group text for y'all. But for those who don't know, they had Undisputed Era ten, Freebirds nine, Nexus eight, Hard Foundation seven, The New Day six. Evolution 5, NWO 4, DX3, 4 Horsemen 2, and The Shield, number one. So, real quick, Graham, when you first saw this, did you think it was a joke, or do you think they were really for real about this top ten list? It's nothing new. They've done this before. They'll do it again. They do it on the website, usually. It's not usually the... uh Instagram pictures, but they'll put out lists that are just ridiculous, calling Roman Reigns like a better wrestler than anyone else in the history of this company. Like they do this all the time. Like, did you see the amount of comments that picture got? It was like 15,000 or something like that. Because when you yeah. do that, it boosts their social media score. So does not surprise me at all. As soon as they put the fucking new day above the fabulous Freebirds, it's like, okay, obviously, you know, it's not a joke. It's not like, a rib or something it kind of is on the marks but like i don't want to say marks but it's really just a rib on every wrestling fan ever um who buy into this shit and take it seriously but anyone that's like legitimately angry about this needs to check themselves because obviously it's nothing they're not a reputable source wwe is very biased and they just do this stuff again to get people to get people riled up and talking that's what they do best because you know fucking Whatever they do on Raw, the authors of Pain aren't going to get people talking. So they got to put lists out like this that get people uh, conversating about their products. So I'm not surprised in the slightest. I mean, uh, real quick before I go to Mark, I'm not surprised NWO or Four Horsemen is not number one because you know how the company is. Exactly. If, if, it's, not their, it's not their product. If, if, if it's not their product, they didn't create, they, it. They didn't create it, uh, you're, you're okay, but you're not getting top dog spot. Uh, Mark, what'd you make of the top ten list, and who are some factions that you feel like really legitly, if that's even a word, sh- should be um, on this list? Well, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all just for conversation, and it, it's all for social media, and people are are buying into it, and and no one should ever get angry about it. But I'm a little angry. <laughs> no. I'm not angry, but first of all, the top three are the NWO, DX, and the Four Horsemen. Uh, th- that's there's no there's no argument there. Right. Those are those are the those are the uh, the Four Horsemen is the OG, and the other two are the two most influential stables in the history of pro wrestling. I don't think there's any way around that. 
And uh, the Shield is not, I mean, maybe they're top 10, maybe, maybe. And maybe eventually they'll be they'll be top five, maybe. But right now they, they're not in the same class as those three. And uh, where's the Dangerous Alliance at? Where are they at? Where's where's my man Paul E's uh, faction? I mean, it ain't there. Dangerous Alliance was like it was like Rick Rude and Steve Austin and yeah. Medusa, yeah. Uh, who I saw at uh, at uh, Starcast over the weekend. Um, Larry Zabisco, Arn Anderson. I mean, yeah. The, uh, Dangerous Alliance was was the truth back in the day, and and the Heart Foundation should have been way higher, without a doubt. Yeah, I think the Heart Foundation. I think it, it it doesn't get higher from from what I'm trying to understand is that with with Owen Pillman, Brett Anvil, and Bulldog together as a faction, it it. it it was like less than a year that they were put together. So maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm not defending it. If you ask me, all right, they're top five. I, I love the Heart Foundation. But for, to, to kind of be reasonable, I think it, it gets a lower seed because it just wasn't around long enough. I'm not saying the Nexus was longer, but you know, they ain't do shit. But the Heart Foundation was around for a couple of months. Honestly, I think 97 came around. And they were there, and, and Brett left it in, in, in November of 97. So you could say less than a year the Hart Foundation we, was put together. So maybe that's why they get a lower uh, lower uh, spot. Uh, you're right, Dangerous Alliance. Uh, I, Mark, I even had uh, Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers uh, quote the tweet and say, where's the nation of domination? And I'm Yeah, man. You're right. Where they at? Where's the nation? Where's the nation? I saw. I think B, I think Big E was upset about that too, right? He was upset. Where's the nation? Where's Dangerous Alliance? The the, the corporation, the Ministry of Darkness. So there's a you could take Undisputed out. You could take Nexus out. You could plug in Corporation Nation, the Corporate Ministry. There's a whole bunch of factions. Even the Wyatt family should be considered more than the Nexus and, and Undisputed because they just. You know they haven't done stuff in the main roster yet, but I think that they did a real a really good job trying to stir up the pot and get people talking about it, which which we are now. But I think we all could say you know for now, could the shield be number one when it's all said and done? Sure, there's, there's still potential for that, but right now, no, it, it got to go to NWO DX. Or I would say the four horsemen because they they were the first one to do it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And then you know, then your bullet clubs, and you know, they'll, they'll be actually there, so. bullet clubs should be number one. Let's let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, here. yeah, you're 100 percent right. Right, Grand Bullet Club number one. Easily, I mean, they just sold oh, ten thousand tickets on their own. Eleven thousand tickets <laughs> exactly. in Chicago. Like, How can they not be number one? Huzzah! I mean, that you guys told me in, in, in the winter they're better than they I, than the NWO. Hey, Randy, they, should, they should at least be top five. Randy, let me ask you this. Maybe sure. you can go back and check this out real quick. I could have done this before, but I forgot. Okay. I just thought of it right now. How many tickets did that fucking NWO sold-out pay-per-view sell back in the day? And how many is that compared to All-In's 11,000? Well, also, NWO sold-out was also... It was a WCW. It was a WCW pay-per-view, yeah, but, you know. Which is another thing, too. All-In could have very easily been an all bullet club show where they fucking stroked their own ego for five hours but it wasn't 
It was a celebration right. of all things wrestling. So I got the attendance ready. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I got the I got the attendance number uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They did uh, five thousand one hundred and twenty. <laughs> there you go, Randy. Tama, 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 Tama. Listen, first of all, it, it was in fucking Iowa, all right? Not Chicago. Okay. okay. Not Chicago, and the 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 the, the building. Mark don't don't check the the the, the building it was in. It, the, the capacity was six thousand nine hundred people. Come on. So, okay, then why not hold it in a bigger arena if it's nineteen ninety nine or whatever the peak of wrestling? Then why not hold it in a bigger it was, arena? It was, it was yeah, it was it was ninety seven and wrestling was really hot at that point. It was, it was. exactly. It was. Come on. It was a WCW pay per view, fellas, in, in in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Young Bucks are bigger draws than Hollywood Hogan. Five thousand, uh-huh. yeah, in Chicago, in Chicago for one day. Oh, here we go. You know what? You you fucking got it, Joe. You got it. You, you would have gotten the same attendance anywhere else, Randy. People <laughs> from all over the world to go to All In. That just just because it's Chicago, that's not an excuse. It is. And it's not an excuse. It's a reason. It's a clarification where, you know, if you, if you, if you do something in New York, and then when you go to, uh, you know, South Dakota, of course, more people are going to show up in New York, right? Yes or no? Probably 5,000 people live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You don't even get a full sold-out attendance. Okay, but if your product is so hot, then then why would you hold a pay per view in fucking Iowa? No, WWE isn't the hottest that's never it's it's ever been right now. But I mean, they don't hold pay per views in Iowa. Like, who does that? Uh, WCW. They they, they they that's exactly it because the product was dying yeah, to death at that. They point. had it. In, they had it in the fucking Sturgis hog wild in the middle of the, <laughs> the desert for hey here his mo- bring your motorcycle mm-hmm. and let's do a fucking pay per view. Like I don't know what they were thinking. Their pay-per-view sucked. Let's be honest. A lot of those pay-per-views were pretty awful. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not defending the show, but I think at I know, the time, I'm, I know. I'm just. Saying. No, you know what? Nitro was real, better. real talk. There's not a lot of. You could tell me. You can ask me. You know what happened in Super Brawl Nine? I play. Like, I don't know. It just they don't have memorable pay-per-views unless it's no. really. You know the older bash, Great American Bash in the '80s. I can't tell you a great WCW pay-per-view top to bottom. Like, I, it, it's not WrestleMania. It's not SummerSlam. I, I, I have no idea why, and I, I, I've never, I've noticed that. I just can't tell you a great show that they had. I don't know. Like we've talked about this before, Randy, but. Just the whole thing with them is that they focused way too much on the TV, which worked out in the short term, not exactly in the long term, obviously. Yeah. But there were a lot of great Nitro moments to go back to what you guys were discussing earlier about the legacy of Nitro. But they just did not give a shit about pay-per-view. By a certain point, they just gave up and didn't fucking care. They gave all they gave all their money matches away on free TV. And when it came to the pay-per-views, it was like Raven versus... The hurricane, like no one gave a shit, so that's why their pay per views tanked. You know, it's it was crazy. all about the TV with them. You know, it's crazy? also it was just yeah. always like terrible matches with like Hogan and Kevin Nash, and so bad. Uh, There's just horrible main events, and they never pushed anyone who was actually good in the ring beyond the mid card until the very until it was too late. You know, it's crazy. Before I wrap it up, three guys that was a part of. That sold out pay per view was had some role in all in on on uh, over, over the weekend. 
Really? Chris Jericho, Jeff, yeah. Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, and Diamond Dallas Page. How about that? Ah, there you can see. I think Jericho is now, I think I saw someone say that Jericho is now, it has to be, obviously. I mean, All In is not going to be like the new WrestleMania. I mean, it might be, but he has now appeared at All In, Wrestle Kingdom, um, fucking Starcade, and WrestleMania, which is pretty amazing. That's insane. Wow. Oh, and also, he was uh, at Triple Mania, uh, Triple A's big event. This there you go. That as well. You can throw that in the hat as well. That so, guy, that guy is uh, unbelievable, and he's not. I mean, he's like a wreck, right? Didn't he like? Didn't he quit uh, Impact because he was like a an alcoholic or something like that, or, or uh, personal reasons related to that? So, so what's this Jericho crew? Is he he said to Omega at the end? So Chris Chris Jericho is doing a cruise. Okay. Uh, and it's a wrestling cruise that'll have like a ring and it'll have like uh, matches and and Jr. and and Jerry Lawler are, are like uh, hosting, I believe. And uh, he's he's gotten a bunch of like Ring of Honor and uh, an Impact talent. I believe nice. I believe it's like an ROH versus Impact type like card. Like I think that's like kind of like the like the uh, like the gimmick. Like those two those two promotions against one another. Oh, nice. And uh see I guess he's I guess he's wrestling Kenny Omega on uh on the cruise. So we get oh. we get Omega versus Jericho at the Tokyo Dome and Omega versus Jericho on the open seas later well, later in the year. It's actually gonna be it won't be one on one. I believe it's gonna be Jericho and the Young Bucks, which is pretty cool, against Omega Skrull and Cody, if I'm not mistaken. So they are having oh, another match. Right. It just won't be one on one, and they're having a Ring of Honor tournament too to crown a new number one contender to their title or something. So it's a pretty significant crew. So again, it it can't be stressed enough. I mean, Jericho is like, along with Rey Mysterio, who was in the main event of All In. The guy's in great shape. Both guys are two of the hottest free agents in wrestling right now. Like, who would be saying that in 2018? Jericho has always been the master of reinvention. But Rey Mysterio is being scouted by Impact right now, by all these companies. Definitely going back to WWE. But Jericho is going everywhere. Would not be shocked if Jericho shows up in Impact at some point in the next six months. Because he's good friends with Don Callis, who's running things over there now. But he's in WWE. He can show up whenever he wants, wherever he wants. He said that he wouldn't do all in. He did it anyway. Classic Jericho. But, yeah, these guys are killing it in 2018. These guys are uh, hot free agents, which is awesome to say. So Jericho is just unbelievable. He he did that that angle at all in. Mm -hmm. And then he flew to Kansas still wearing the Pentagon (laughs) makeup and did it did a gig with his band Fozzie that same night. I mean, I don't know how this dude has that kind of energy at at 50 years old, but Mm -hmm. man running his own crew. So just next level, man. I'm uh, to me this year has has as as in my eyes, it has risen his legacy tenfold Jericho because he's able to he's able to not only succeed with uh you know the big WWE push but also on his own he's 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 innovating he's he's uh he's doing the cruise he's he's doing all the stuff in New Japan now all in still got his band I mean the guy the guy is just uh and he, and he's and, and it's all good it's all like really good stuff and and fresh stuff at the age of fucking 50 so is is this cruise going to be like televised somewhere or just you know I don't. I don't know if you can get a. You can do a live stream from from the the open water. water. I don't know if that even, <laughs> even exists. Oh yeah, no. I don't think. I don't think any of it's being streamed. Unfortunately, Damn. I mean, it's actually a pretty good deal. 
Um, I think they're leaving out of fucking Florida, something crazy like that. So it's a lot of money, but you get, but the amount of talent they have on this cruise and the matches they're giving you, and it's not just wrestling fans too. It's like a lot of, they have a lot of, uh, rock stars and comedians. They have the impractical jokers on there. Like they have a lot of people on this cruise. It looks really, it's very random. No joke. Very random. Practical jokers. They have like an ACDC cover band, like all this random ass shit. Holy In addition to like, like you said, Jr. Rey Mysterio is going to be there. Um, the King, all these other people, a lot of ring of honor wrestlers, the young bucks, Kenny Omega, obviously who doesn't do this type of shit. Um, but yeah, this is, it's, it's really cool. Really cool. Jericho able to do everything that he does, does his podcast, goes to WWE books, a cruise, um, does the Fozzie concerts and is the current IWG Inter- Intercontinental Champion, which I think a lot of people forget. Which I mean, he probably should not be champion right now because he hasn't been, he hasn't showed up in New Japan since he won the fucking thing three months ago. Whatever, but you know, it just goes to show that he is, uh, he's everywhere right now. 2018 is the year of Y2J, almost 19 years removed from his WWE debut, which is pretty crazy. And uh, he's 47, by the way, not 50, but you, See, get, you Mark, get the point. You just, you just Close adding on yeah. age. You, you said Shawn Michaels was 53 earlier. You know, come on, man. What's, what's wrong with you? He's 47. Uh, did I say that? I don't know, man. I'm, 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 all, I'm all off today, but... But Jericho is doing, is doing the damn thing, man. That's... The, that, the, cru- the cruise thing is like... It sounds like it would be really fun for like a day and a half, maybe two days tops, and then you wake up on the third day and you realize you're still stuck on a boat with... A thousand wrestling fans, and you just want to jump <laughs> overboard. And you just want to, you just want to jump overboard. Yeah, so I, I don't know yeah. if I can do that. Yeah, I think it would be super fun for like a, like a good day and a half. It would be really awesome. And then the, the, that third day, you're just like, get me off this goddamn boat. Yeah, I don't know how long it lasts. I think it might be four or five days, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I think they come back on Halloween or something. But yeah, I can only imagine being on a. <laughs> on a cruise with that many wrestling fans good god that has the potential to be as just a complete disaster i'm sure jericho has it under control but when you have that there's like a lot of wrestlers on this on this thing too like ddp's doing yoga on there like <laughs> they got all this random shit oh my god just to entice wrestling fans to go like Crazy. there's so much stuff on this cruise just to get people to go and it's going to be crazy to not for them to just keep everything under control. Like I said, they got yoga and fucking cover bands and the impractical jokers. Like you can't get much more random than that. Mick Foley, Mick Ricky Foley's doing a Steamboat, yeah, Ricky Steamboat. It's Pat crazy. Patterson. What is this? This is <laughs> Pat insane. What, what grade did they dig him out of? Jesus Christ! It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Mark ain't going. Like I said, like I said, it's it's. I think it would be really awesome for like a like a good day and a half, and then and then I would just I would I would probably just off myself in the jacuzzi. Hey, Randy, I would say that if you go on the cruise, you get a picture with Jericho and the list. It's quite the uh, quite the oh, get there. Wow. So if you want to book your pick, book your cabin now because if you wait the last minute, you don't get it. It's only the first like five thousand people. So if you book your cruise now, if you book it now. Get a picture with the list. Oh, really? Wow. Raven, James Ellsworth. I mean, what is going on here? Oh, my God. Jeez. Oh, I'm going to go on the cruise now. James Ellsworth is on. Oh, my God. What a get. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you probably you probably get, you know, gender with the rug. Come on, man. That'll be, that, that, be a nice cruise, right? <laughs> if uh, if SB Nation area. paid me, maybe I'll pitch this to SB Nation. 
I'll I'll go and I'll write like a daily diary from uh, from the cruise and I'll take video. Mark ain't right. Uh, Mark ain't right. Shit, he gonna go there, lay down, get a tan, talk talk to Jericho. Oh yeah, What's you good, know me. Bro? Yo, I was gonna say talk to the women, but there's no one to talk to. I'm sure it's gonna be just. <laughs> I can only imagine just on a, cruise a, like so- that. a sausage fest at sea. <laughs> just a floating <laughs> sausage fest. Yeah, like 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 Joey. Uh, Jericho Joey's- was promoting that at one point too. He's like, "There's gonna be hot women on the cruise too." It's like, okay, where? Please point me out to these hot women that would be on this wrestling fan filled cruise. Like, yeah, I would love to know, Jericho. It got to be a bare minimum. You, you got to get 50, yeah. 50, 100 women on here. If not, Ooh, we ain't going nowhere. Yeah. We, we won't also, if you're if you're if you're a female wrestling fan, why would you why would you go put yourself through something like this? That that sounds like it would just be a miserable few days. You'd be like one of like eight girls on the entire cruise ship i mean i'm four still days stuck. I'm and, still... and all and all of the and all of the the yeah. dorky male wrestling fans will just be gawking at you for for five days bro i'm mm-hmm. still stuck on how you're gonna wrestle and do all your moves on a moving boat like that's not something i mean unless you're gonna drive into the middle of the water stop i mean all right there we go, match number one. Like I don't know how they're gonna do it. It sounds very cool. They're very different, not done before. But I ain't trying to. Ain't nobody doing no suicide dive on a moving boat. Nah, uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, Mark Raimondi, MMAfighting.com on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report uh, on Twitter at WrestleRant. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys, and look forward to catching up uh, with you guys next week. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, and you know what, man? I might see you out in L.A. if you're not too busy signing autographs and doing all the other stuff that you normally do because now people people recognize you now, you know, in Chicago. Just imagine your hometown of, of, of L.A. so that they'll stop you. So, you know... You 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 gotta make time for me, man. Gotta make time for me. I'll see what I can do. Oh, see, I'll see if I can free up some Graham, of my. That, that is a typical answer. Hours. I'll see what I can do. I see what you know. I check my schedule. I check my calendar. That's a typical line when someone who's, who's really busy. Might be washing my hair one of those nights, oh, Randy. Oh my god, fellas, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. Talk to you next week. All right, Later. take it easy. See you, boys. All right.